0: This is The Rich Eisen Show. Yeah. With guest host, Susie Schuster. Uh. Game time, on lady, put your toaks yeah. Flex on them, go
1: here, make them choose Let's go. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
2: Susie, you're 10 times better than your husband. <laughs> Today's
3: guests
1: Sports Illustrated senior writer Greg Bishop, former NFL Network host Kara Henderson Sneed, Basketball Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal, plus former Raiders CEO Amy Tress. And now, it's Susie Schuster.
0: Hello, and thank you for taking in this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for my husband, Rich Eisen. while he is teeing off, teeing off people in Hawaii, he deserves it. Mr. Mai Tai had a couple last night, TJ Jefferson. (laughs) I think he got a little... uh, my tired last night. You might want to say <laughs> over there in Kona, but he deserves yeah. it. He needed a break after the Super Bowl run, etc. So uh, I'm not gonna lie. I got to get him out of the house. He got to stay. I got to be the cool wife. No, honey, you go. <laughs> no, you, you have a trip. Oh, no, enjoy to yourself. Hawaii. You deserve it. And I'm right here, and I may not leave. So, hi, TJ Jefferson. How are you?
2: I'm great, Susie. And yesterday, I forgot. My mom sent me a text right when the show started. She's like, "Tell Susie I said hi. Glad to see her." So, from my mom to you. Will you pass that right back? Student.
0: Will you pass that right back? You and can I'll tell I'll her, take her it? she's watching. Well, good morning. How are you, Mrs. Mom TJ? I love you, and Mrs. I'm so mom glad that you watched. And well, I need a little. Uh, I need Linda. a little. Linda. I would always say, "Mrs." Linda because Jefferson. It's... Good morning, Linda. How's your coffee? Ooh. What's for breakfast? That's, call us. Have your mom call. She, because she, by the way, TJ, she's at home. It's, it's new, me. Right? Mm-hmm. It's Kara Henderson Sneed. Uh huh. It's Amy Trask. Ladies first. Three women Ooh. on our radio show at the same time in sports. Stop the presses. That's We might get arrested. Can we play it's that Queen of of song, Mikey? Yeah, I'm radio actually Force? looking for that. That's right. TV That's right. I knew, I knew Hi, Mikey Del pre- Tufo. How are you this morning? Thank DJ you for Mikey showing D. up on this Tigers, Friday.
4: But I'm, I'm here.
0: <laughs> I know, but you know, I wasn't expecting you it. You I wasn't sure. For? It, it could have been called in. you yeah, a it game at UCLA oh, yeah, last right, night. It was right. not, yeah, I don't know, it was like a volleyball 30. game, and he's needed, TJ, <laughs> and calls in. Good morning, Christopher. How are you? Rock that's bandy.
1: Yeah. Man, I've got all kinds of stuff on the desk over well, here. Well, you
0: yeah. want to know why? It's Mimosa Friday, everybody. Yeah, hit the music. And because... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And because Kara's here, tonight. I brought two. I brought two bottles of shams because yeah. Kara's here, and you know... So, I don't know if you guys know this, but Kara is um, not only
2: a Super Bowl champion. Not only a Super Bowl
0: champion. (laughs) The dancing videos were extremely uh, entertaining, but also, she and I have known each other and Rich since the ESPN days. We were all there together back in the day. Uh, she also was the first woman to be on CNN Sports. She hosted CNN Sports. She went to NFL Network as a host. Uh, more importantly, was smart enough to marry Les Snead. And I basically think that they're Super Bowl champions because of Kara. Wow. But she can drink any of you three, majokes under the table. Back. So I'm just saying, I brought two bottles, knowing. Oh Mike, Come on. Knowing what? as we coast into the second practice. hour. Yes, yeah, are
4: out of practice.
0: You are out of practice. Even if you were on top of the world, she would drink you under the table. So that's that. Um, great to have you here. We're looking forward to having not only Kara on, but Greg Bishop, the senior writer from SI, who's done his eighth cover story, embedding with the Super Bowl champs. So. I wanted to hear about how he does it. How do you turn this around so quickly? If any of you haven't read his cover story on the Rams, um, it's incredible. And it will walk you through every single moment that led up until uh, the big day. It's called How the Rams Got Away, Found One Another, and Then Found a Way. So I can't wait to have him on. Following, um, Carol will be, of course, Uh, There's a guy named Shaquille O'Neal. I'm not sure if you know who he is, TJ. So Shaq's going to call in from um, Cleveland. Cleveland! This is for you! And uh, we'll (laughs) ask him about the fur coat he wore on the plane. He posted that to all of his billions of followers. (laughs) And uh, we'll ask him a couple questions about the 75 team. And who are we kidding? He'll just... He'll stare at the direction. I don't get to stare the we'll direction. We'll do whatever
1: Shaq wants us to do. He's a Cowboys fan. You know, Rich Paul said some things. We'll talk him about uh, just what's going on in the world. Bro, I
2: mean, wanna... You think Shaq will be a fan of my uh, tier system as a Cowboy fan? I, I think Shaq Shaq
1: is probably a huge fan of the tier system yeah. because Shaq is, uh, gets, a VIP. gets behind the rope. Yeah, yeah he's VIP of VIP. <laughs>
0: I can have all sorts of ideas of what I want to talk about with Shaq, but mm-hmm. honestly, once he comes on, it's like, okay, where are we going here?
1: Yeah. I'm not steering this boat anymore. The best is when Shaq will just randomly FaceTime Rich while he's in the middle of a, <laughs> or a segment and uh, Rich will look down and go, oh, Shaq is FaceTiming me. Well, answer it. Yeah. Like, and Shaq's like, oh, I'm at my barber watching you guys.
0: He, uh, he FaceTimed me during the Super Bowl. We were sitting in the Shaq stands. Did, yeah, That's a flex and, uh, right there. Flex. I mean, I'm just saying like, hey, Coop, who's cooler, mom or dad? I have Shaq on my phone. Who you got, Rich? Just saying. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, so, and then the, the funny thing is my kids are so funny. They're like, Oh, look, like, don't you want to say hi to uncle Shaq? They're like, and then really Xander just wanted to know what he could eat next.
1: Yeah. And Coop, what else is free in here? Coop
0: gets very nervous. Coop gets very nervous with a celebrity of any type. Like the other night we were at dinner. Uh, I think Rich mentioned this, that we were at Craig's the other night for dinner mm-hmm. for Coop's birthday. We only go there for birthdays or celebrations. Right. And, uh, Andrew Whitworth and Eric Weddle yeah. walk in in the back, yeah, and they, they get a yeah. they get a standing ovation. My friend was at a table next to them. Her friend, who was just wasted, kept sending shots over and was like loud and noisy, and she was so embarrassed. But that being said, Rich said, "Coop, you want to go meet the Rams?"
1: Nope. <laughs> no. <Nope.
0: laughs> no interest. Interest in the dessert. A lot of interest. Well, yeah,
2: that makes sense.
0: In meeting the Rams, no. TJ, your big-ass grab bag, we're going to do yes, that soon as well, which Don't I'm excited about. And uh, what else do we have today? We're going to do a poll question, Brockman, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a poll. So what do we decide, right? It's the anniversary of Blue Chips' release. Mm-hmm. So what are we what are we going on that, TJ? What were the thoughts there?
2: Well, I know Sean had brought up uh, maybe a, a jersey from a movie that you'd want to own. I saw that floating around.
1: Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. The Neon
2: Bodeau 50. Although, when Brockman and I went to the Fox Hills Mall the other day, and we went to a couple shops, and we saw a bunch of jerseys from movies and TV shows.
1: Yeah, they had all kinds of old ones. They had the Willie Beeman uh, Miami Sharks uh-huh. from Any Given Sunday. Oh, there was a Ray Finkel? Yeah, there was a Ray Finkel, Bobby Boucher. Boucher. We've seen those. Obviously, the uh, Jesus were. Uh-huh. that's kind of a popular one. Uh, okay, we can go in that direction. What do we think? What should be our uh, four options? Because... As you know, Twitter only gives us four on the uh, poll.
0: I like a Jesus Shuttlesworth one now. I mean I was, we just do basketball? Let's
2: just do basketball.
0: Okay. I think with blue chip, don't you think yeah, that it we stick with
1: that? Yeah, let's do basketball. With a theme. So, so
2: the Western University Neon Bordeaux.
1: So we're going to do the Neon Bordeaux.
2: Bordeaux. Um, let's see. There is also... Jesus
1: Shuttlesworth, obviously. Obviously.
2: What about Teen Wolf's jersey?
1: Teen Wolf? I'm down with that. <laughs> and then what's another iconic... Uh, Basketball I mean, TV we, show or movie?
2: Got love and basketball. Oh, we also saw Tupac's jersey from above the rim. Was uh, Tupac's jersey from above the rim? We could go. Um, we could go. Will Ferrell semi-pro. That was also <laughs> the Jackie Moon jersey. Jackie was Moon. In yeah. there. Let's yeah. do that one. All right. Actually, since Pac didn't actually play in that game, and Jackie Moon did play,
1: let's so. do Jackie Moon. All right, here we go. So I'm throwing up at Rich Eisen show. If you got another, give us a call 204 Rich.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that the phone lines are already lighting up. Because I love phoners. You know that I am very happy to take
1: calls. So well, you're I'm, interactive. Yeah, I'm, a, yeah.
0: I, I'm just that kind of and person. And despite, you know,
1: being from New England like me, you're a people person. We, we don't get that uh, label that often, but we are people people. You
0: are a people person? Yeah, people pe- person. Pe- people How do you motherfuck me? I, I, I like taking calls. <laughs> and, and by the way, are, yeah, no Marky Mark. I saw him on, I guess you're not allowed to call him Marky Mark. I guess he's very touchy. Oh, no, he's about hated that for like a Funky bunch.
1: all those days are long gone. For,
0: and I could be like, oh, my God, longer. Mark, I actually drove by your house when I was, like, in high school. <laughs> I never had the accent. I'm not that good at
2: it. You didn't, I try so hard. Big happy I felt like you just fell right oh back god. into it there.
0: Oh my god. Well, we were also I went watching- by Jamaica Plain, and I like went to go by Joey McIntyre's house, but <laughs> we uh, he wasn't there. we were
1: watching clips this morning of him doing Boston accent. Yeah,
0: we're also going to in a Peacock only segment. <laughs> hey Peacock, here's an idea for your new show. In case you're, in case you're watching, uh, we're going to introduce you to uh, the Calm app. By uh, oftentimes Marty Walsh, the former mayor of Boston, who's now something in the administration, something. And uh, our our friend Alex Sulkin, who is the head writer of The Family Guy, he wrote the Ted movies. He's writing The New Naked Gun. He owes me a script. Hey, Slappy, where's my script? (laughs) And uh, he does the most incredible uh, Instagram calm apps he takes a nice take on how an angry new englander would handle meditation we will share that with you uh, peacock for those of you listening on the radio i promise you worth going to find it so go to youtube watch it later because you will enjoy it and then you will start following alex Sulkin, and then you will curse me forever because he's incredibly addictive but you know (laughs) what am i going to do um also i want to bring up for those of you that missed the show yesterday Go to YouTube or however you find the show. We had an incredible conversation with the icon, the legend Jerry West, who I've been lucky enough to call a friend for the last 30 years. He was incredibly open. I'll I'll tell you, much more open than I ever expected him to be about mental health and about his own battles with it in the past. I think it really took people aback to hear him speaking so openly about it. Obviously, we got in via the via Ben Simmons and and his conversations with mental health. Charles Barkley, another one to go seek out on YouTube if you didn't watch it yesterday. Charles, very vocal about his thoughts on Ben Simmons, whether or not this is mental health, whether this is or not mental illness. And I wanted to clarify something. Marshall and I were talking about Simone Biles Mm -hmm. and what he was saying was, uh, and TJ, I know that you had some thoughts on this. He was saying, well, that's not mental illness. But I think mental health and mental illness are a similar conversation. I think mental illness is a is, um, similar conversation, but a totally different track. Your confidence is your mental health. And if an athlete is not feeling confident in oneself or in himself, herself, then that affects one's mental health. It's, there's a similarity. And I think we have to be careful that we don't go into the wrong lane yeah. here. Mental health is something that you um, can control, you can work on. An athlete has to have control of one's mental health in order to succeed, right? And I think in previous generations, it was like, suck it up, buck up, yep. get strong, pound it, get... Like, Marshall... Then, I mean, his, how many times
1: I was told, play like a man, or oh, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. Just step it up. You know, it's not pain. There's a difference between pain and injury, you know? You got your bell rung, all the all those terms that people used in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Yeah. It's like, it just seems so arcane and caveman like uh, now when we talk about this issue.
0: Yeah, Chris, and and I'm 100% with you. I mean, when I rode show jumping, I'm jumping four or five, six foot fences. I lost my confidence for a while because I had a horse with a stop. I landed on my head a couple of times. That'll scare you. Yeah. yeah. I totally lost my confidence. So... I wanted to clarify because somebody had said out there, oh, I don't think Marshall was being sensitive towards Simone. And I wanted to clarify, I disagree. I just think that it's a generational thing as well. And I think that if she's hurtling through the air,
2: mm-hmm. flipping with a million down. twists,
0: I think I said this in July when I was mm-hmm. here. Yep. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm just clarifying. I wouldn't want there to be any misconstruing of the subject. We take it very seriously here. And, and I think all of us feel the same way, and I speak for Marshall, that mental health is, there's very few things more important than mental health, very different than mental illness. So we will actually talk to Shaq about that. We'll talk to Kara about that. She spent her whole life covering sports and now gets to see it from a different perspective. I actually love the fact we're having her in. Also, she's really fun. (laughs) She is really fun. (laughs) She's really fun. so yeah. we can. T- but also, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my brother on the way in today, Scott, who you know. Shout TJ. out to
2: Scotty Schuster.
0: And uh, I said to him at first, I was like, oh, you might not like the 10 o'clock hour. You might think we're too laughing and what have you. Because no, actually, I'm really curious about how, how it feels to be on the outside and now on the inside. So I think that's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. She is bringing the yellow hat she wore to the uh, Super Bowl <laughs> that made its way nice. around half of the Rams. And we'll talk to Shaq about that as well. We'll talk to Amy Trask because God knows she knows in dealing with athletes for this many years, about dealing with mental health and mental illness, but it's just a late motif throughout the week, and so that was my long-winded way of saying check out Jerry West from yesterday. I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, so yeah, there I'll you re- go.
1: I'll repost the whole YouTube video right now on Twitter at Rich Eisen Show, if, uh, in case you missed that.
0: That would be lovely. What else? What else? What, what did I miss, Christopher?
1: Uh, Let's see. What else? Uh, The college football playoff made some news this morning. We can hit on that later. It's NBA All-Star Weekend, uh, so we can maybe have a discussion about uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, uh, NBA All-Star Saturday. TJ, we were wondering who's even in the dunk contest uh, this morning. Uh, We figured that out. Three-point shootout skills challenge. Uh, Rising Stars game, that's always uh, really fun and exciting. I think the celebrity game is going down tonight. How did our invites get lost in the mail? Who, that's who's a great even, question. Who's um, even playing in the celebrity? I'm just curious. Uh, are, are they, is there it's a- usually
2: the same group crew of people that play. Yeah, in, usually
1: yeah. it's like Common and Kevin Hart, Hart and those guys. Here we go. I got the roster here. Yeah, please. Uh, Quavo. Okay, Team Walton. So Bill Walton is one of the coaches? Oh, that's that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so Jimmy Allen, country music singer. Uh, Brittany Elena. She's a host, actress, and influencer. Let's what does see. that Machine mean? Gun Kelly. I just saw him in the Jackass movie. If you haven't seen that, oh, my God. Oh, he's from Cleveland. That's why. Uh, let's see. De'Erica Hamby. She's on the Vegas Aces. Noah Carlock. Nijah Houston, the uh, professional skateboarder. Okay. Oh, Matt James, who was on The Bachelor. Uh, Quavo, obviously. Obviously. Who's Quavo?
2: From Migos. From Migos. Okay. He's real nice. Yeah. He's a really good player. He he can ball. Yeah. Really good player. Atlanta
1: fan. Uh, He's been in the game now four times. Been MVP once, I think. Uh, And Team Dominique. So it's Dominique and Bill Walton, I guess, are the coaches.
0: What happens when the coaches are bigger celebrities than the celebrities playing? I
1: don't know. Miles Garrett (laughs) is playing in this game. And have you ever seen basketball clips of Miles Garrett? Dude can play and throw down. Yeah. He's a house. Booby Gibson is playing in the celebrity game. Booby Gibson, <laughs> he used to play for the Cavaliers. I, I,
0: again, I say
1: Kane Brown, the mayor kindly. of Cleveland. Justin Bibb, I have no idea who that is. I,
0: I say kindly again. If the coaches are bigger <laughs> celebrities, then does it really qualify as Tiffany a celebrity Haddish game? Tiffany Haddish is
1: playing. Jack Harlow. Oh, All right, Tiffany Haddish. Chris uh, Jackson, and let's see who else. Nobody else that we would know. All right. All right. Celebrity game.
0: Really looking forward to that. Again,
1: why aren't we in the celebrity game?
2: (laughs) We don't have enough followers on TikTok, I think. I
1: guess, though.
0: You're not an influencer,
2: Chris. I
1: guarantee you I'm a better shooter than everyone playing in this game. Except
2: for Quavo. Quavo's nice.
1: Except for maybe Booby Gibson, because he played in the league.
0: I thought Quavo was a tequila, but that's neither (laughs) here nor there. Can I talk to you about Callaway Chrome Soft, please? When Callaway engineered Chrome Soft... I'm talking, uh, I'm speaking here, uh,
4: right? Just...
0: Uh, when Callaway engineered Chrome Soft to be the best tour ball, it didn't just make the best players better, it made everyone better. Men, women, first time major winners, repeat major winners, club champions, business golfers, the chromesoft family has the best tour performance for every type of performance. Probably not mine. Starting with the regular Chrome Soft, which is designed for the widest range of golfers who want better feel, more distance, and incredible forgiveness. But for better players looking for more workability, Chrome Soft X provides excellent spin consistency and tour-level short game control. Finally, Chrome Soft XLS gives you a lower-spin golf ball on longer shots, firmer feel, but still with high spin around the greens. And now, every Chrome Soft is engineered and enhanced with precision technology and, which uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one thousandth of an inch. This ensures they're the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. When you add it all up, it's pretty simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com/slash/ChromeSoft. When we come back, S.I.'s Greg Bishop. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere.
4: On the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: So welcome back to all of you on The Rich Eisen Show. Wherever you're listening and taking in this television show, this radio show, this podcast, thank you for stopping by and spending the morning with us, the afternoon, wherever you are. I'm Susie Schuster, in for my husband, Rich Eisen, and thrilled to have you all joining us. T.J. Jefferson and... Holla! And uh, Mike Daltufo over there, Chris Brockman, thank you for spending the day with us. Love for having, having us. you. We're going to join up with Greg Bishop, the senior writer from SI. Do we have him on the phone yet, guys? Has he called in yet?
1: Uh, not yet. Still, right, lo- gonna still locating dance. Greg.
0: We're going to tap dance until we get that. Well, he, um, he's written eight cover stories in a row, TJ.
2: That's pretty impressive.
0: And what I didn't realize, and we'll get to this, obviously, in talking to him when we find him on the phone, he embeds with both teams. He's going to write for both teams, not knowing who's going to be, obviously, the Super Bowl champion. Okay. But if you haven't read one of these, and the one that he's written right now is just incredible. I'm going to put my glasses on because, you know, that's what happens. can't read even anything in front of me anymore. That's all right. Uh, How the Rams got away, found one another, and then found a way. How the Rams got away, found one another, and then found a way. The story of how the Super Bowl champions came together is beyond belief, even for those who lived it. Great timing to have Kara Henderson in for the entire second hour. Kara Henderson sneed of course, the I like to say the genius behind the Rams' win. Is that wrong? I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so.
2: Really. I mean, they always say behind every good man is a good woman, right? So, yeah. Stand the reason. Holding him up.
0: Yeah. It's exhausting. The weight <laughs> of the world. Uh, that said, um, but what I love about this about this article is just how in depth he gets, and you know. You don't realize when you're reading these articles the next day, the next week, about the effort that goes into turning them around so quickly. And it seems to me that the process is even more interesting than reading the article itself.
1: Yeah, writing on deadline, one of the most uh, crazy and kind of exhilarating things, if you have ever done it. And I know Greg had a lot of time to like embed himself with the team and work on this, but in the end, you are on a deadline because there was a game to be played. So the kind of ending of your story is contingent on what happens. And then to turn that around and get it published, really remarkable piece of journalism. Uh, these things are so fun. It's almost like a hard docs in a way where you're kind of getting a peek behind the curtain at what goes on with these teams, especially leading up to a game obviously with the magnitude of the Super Bowl. Really fun piece. Can't wait to talk to them about it. Let me
0: ask you a question. You grew up reading SI, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: still a subscriber.
0: How much do you read now in terms of in depth or do you watch your programming? Like how do you get your stuff in? Because I found in reading this that I had forgotten how much I love to read a in depth piece of journalism. Yeah. I think I watch, you know, I watch real sports, I work there. I I go to that kind of thing, but do you read as much I,
2: TJ? I am an old school cat where it's like, you know, back in the day some of my earliest memories were like me and my grandfather on a summer night or summer afternoon sitting on the porch and me reading the Dodgers box scores to him. Like I'm I just I love nothing more than just the newspaper. And I don't read it as much as I used to now obviously, but there was just always something about getting that paper, having it in your hands and sitting down with your mail or just sitting down having a, you know, a drink and just kind of reading and feeling that paper and i i really do miss that because yeah you just don't have the paper as much Man, as. when we i was used to. In,
1: in high school and college my favorite day of the week was thursday okay because sports illustrated was delivered on thursdays and so as soon as it came and as soon as i got home i would sit at the kitchen table and read it cover to cover yeah and it was like i said my favorite day of the week you know Friends in Seinfeld and Seinfeld, The ER. You know, it was a good TV night too. And then the next day was Friday, so that meant the weekend. But getting that Sports Illustrated and coming home and reading it highlight highlight of my week. Uh, I wrote for a newspaper for five years, so I totally get you. Just having that newspaper in your hand mm-hmm. and and reading it, the physical copy. But you know, now I think a lot of us uh, we're all the same. Like subscribe to the Athletic, uh, subscribe to Sports Illustrated. You know. Just consume, consume, consume because there's nothing like reading a feature like this because you're not going to find it anywhere else.
0: Speaking speaking of the athletic, they had a thing on this morning and it said, you know, who's your guy, MJ or LeBron? Are we really – are we having this debate? I
1: really? I would not like to not have
2: this yeah. debate. Yeah. We, Chris, we've – for like the last two years, I'm just so over the MJ LeBron thing. like Because unless Doc Brown fully comes up with that <laughs> DeLorean time machine, we're never going to be able to answer this question. So I don't understand what the point is. It's,
0: and yet I'm bringing it up, so I'm giving it credence. But I just <laughs> thought to myself, like, really? Yeah. And no offense to The Athletic, of course, as I insult you on the air, but whatever. But I, I – <laughs> Just saying. Uh, thank God, Greg Bishop is finally on the air because I was sitting here insulting the Athletic. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Really appreciate all your hard work and journalism. But I just feel no like no offense, no oh, offense, no offense. Meant, taken, whatever. My point is, really, are we having that conversation? I feel like every year before the All Star Game, we have to have it, and yeah,
1: and, and here we are having yeah, it. And yesterday was MJ's birthday, and the All Star Games in Cleveland. Like, I get it, but like, come on, let's come up with something else.
0: Let's move on to the Rams because they are so much more exciting. As Brian Gumbel would say, I should, wait, 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 let's move on.
1: <laughs> to the
0: Rams and the Super Bowl championship. Because I really do love his transitions. And if you're wearing glasses, you got to do your
3: Bryant right? Yeah.
0: Greg, hey, hi. Thank you so much for joining us. We're happy that you're on with us. Senior writer Greg Bishop here with SI.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. Can you walk us through just incredibly how arduous this has to have been for you leading up until the Super Bowl? and you're embedded with both teams, and you don't know who's going to win, and suddenly there's a winner, there's a champion, and now you've got to go deadline. How do you do it?
3: Well, uh, I can start by saying it's always my favorite and least favorite story of the year, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, Basically, we have to be ready either way. I like to be ready for wh- whoever plays well in the game, uh, want to be able to sort of uh, tell the story of their season, tell the story of their individual background and how they arrived there, and then ideally be able to stitch it all together that generally means in the neighborhood of 100 interviews or so. I do it usually with another writer. This year I did it with uh, Connor Orr. Truly really had an amazing couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, then we, we get ready for any scenario that might happen. So that's Aaron Donald, that's Vaughn Miller, that's Matthew Stafford, that's Les Snead, that's Sean McVeigh. And in this instance, it was kind of rare. They, uh, they all factored so prominently into the wind that we ended up riding a ton. I usually start writing about um, 3 a.m. Eastern, and I usually file by 8 a.m. And so those are the most frenetic, you know, hours of my existence for every year. And uh, at the end, I have no idea whether the story's good or not. But uh, usually we finish, which is a good thing.
0: How do you get so in-depth? How do you write when you weren't in these particular situations? Like, for instance, the evening of January 30th, you write about the Staffords and the Whitworths in Cabo. They just happened to be there at the same time. You write like you're there. How do you do that?
3: Yeah, I think it's the product of speaking to as many people who were there as possible. You know, I'm really looking for, you know, direct eyewitnesses, for lack of a better term. And, you know, when writing about the Rams' trip to Cabo, it starts out by talking to some of the wives who were in attendance, whether it was Melissa Whitworth or Sean McKay's girlfriend, Veronica. Um, then it's like I find out from them that Clint Bol- Bowling is the one that connected Whitworth and Stafford, that this was all set in motion by, of all people, a former Bengal who had played with Matthew in college and with Andrew in the pros. And then I take that information, and I say, I need to talk to Bowling. So I get him on the phone, make sure that he confirms it, add additional detail, and then the other interviews begin to roll in. You know, So then you talk to Matthew Stafford, you talk to Sean McVay, and you're getting their impressions of the night. And then they have these FaceTime calls, you know, after they've decided that the the move's going to be made. They've made the trade for Matthew Stafford, and they're calling Cooper Cup, They're calling Aaron Donald. They're calling the executives who helped shape the deal back in Los Angeles. And so you want the other side of those phone conversations as well. So when I end up writing a section on Cabo and the trip that changed this NFL season, I have it from 15 to 20 different vantage points. And it's the level of detail those people provide that hopefully makes the story, you know, kind of feel that way.
0: And you mentioned that you had thousands of words on Eric Weddle and you have to whittle it down to a paragraph. How do you decide what's important? How do you decide what's gonna stay on the in the computer or on the floor?
3: Yeah, that's always the hardest part. You know, I think when I dropped everything I had pre written, whether it was for stories that ran online or for stuff I call pre writing, you know, just sort of to have into the file with that and interviews and research at about midnight. Last Sunday I had about seventy seven thousand words. Ooh. It ended up running wow. about eighty five hundred. And uh, that that was a task I probably should not have given myself. It was very, very difficult to cut it down. The first fifty thousand are pretty easy, the next ten thousand are get you close, and then we're agonizing every over every single word. And so I'm weighing things like what can I use later? You know, who would be a good story down the road, who might make for a good magazine story in our next issue because We can't publish the Super Bowl game story in the issue because of the lag time between clothes and print. But we do do a special commemorative issue that's just about the Rams. So I may have something on one of the players in the next issue. I'm I'm looking at how do these things relate to each other. I'm trying to consider the time of the people that want to read this thing and how far they're going to make it in the story. And then, you know, you just make a lot of painful cuts, cuts that still hurt, you know, four days later, stuff I wish was in the world but just didn't quite fit.
0: Yeah, like what? I'd love to know what that cut is that you're wishing that you could have included in the piece for SI.
3: You know, uh, I ended up writing 4,300 words on Matthew Stafford, and he was a big part of the game But because I wanted to fit in Vaughn Miller telling Sean McVay, come get me at a nightclub in 2018. And I wanted to fit in Weddle playing pick-up basketball games to try to get his pro-athlete fix, And I wanted to fit in Beckham insisting on number three and having to negotiate with Cam Akers in order to come over, you know, that I ended up using maybe a thousand words of Stafford when I would have liked to have used more. You know, there was one story that I really loved where he's at dinner with a couple Lions teammates and he doesn't know what American Express points are. And they're all kind of laughing at just how normal he is. You know, this is not a guy that seems like a star quarterback. He doesn't even know that he has American Express points. And they have him look it up on his app how many he has. And it turns out he has two million. (laughs) He's just like (laughs) sitting there, unused. Because that's like not something that he had thought through, and I had all these cool stories about just how normal Matthew Stafford is—whether he's wearing a hoodie to Nobu or, you know, um, taking his linemen, you know, on different trips, and you know how he would go on vacation every year when the Super Bowl happened because he was never playing in it—and you know, I, I imagine you'll see a Matthew Stafford, you know, focus story in Sports Illustrated at some point and not too long from, you know, from now.
0: Greg Bishop, senior writer from Sports Illustrated here on The Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. You mentioned in the piece how you call him, or maybe you say that others call him a borderline genius with something close to a photographic memory and an amateur mathematician. Give me some evidence of him as an amateur mathematician or a borderline genius, please.
3: Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because I think when I think of Matthew Stafford, I think how it's her arm. You know, this is a guy that they say made 82-yard throws in practice. You know, I talked to Calvin Johnson for this story, and he says, Matthew Stafford throw the ball so hard that essentially my fingers are messed up. But I think because he throws the ball so well and because he's known for this sort of golden arm, that we've consistently kind of overlooked his thought process. And his friends say that he actually would be like a perennial winner on Jeopardy. I thought that part really stood out to me. You know, this is a guy that could go on that show and win. You know, he's, he, they say they actually hate watching it with him because he's the kind of person that answers every question immediately when it comes out. And, you know, one of his friends was saying to me, if you if you asked him to say, what's the square root of 69 times 3 divided by 4, that if you gave him 10 seconds, he could come up with the answer. And that's not how I'd ever thought of Matthew Stafford. But if you think a little deeper on it, it makes total sense. You know, Sean McVay is known as the savant type, really good with numbers, incredible memory. Cooper Cup described exactly the same way. And you look at one thing that flipped the Rams' season that made something like this possible. To me, it is those three guys, their sort of deep, nerdy knowledge of football and how they process offenses, offensive schemes. And I think what you saw this season was, they got away from them in November. Didn't win a game that month, and then they adjusted. And they adjusted while they lost Robert Woods, while they added Odell Beckham Jr. And that those kind of things are what what I think are what I'm looking for in the story. Like how does how does how do things in their background relate to what happened in their season? And these guys met every Tuesday, and they talked offensive football at a level that like made it seem like French and. Because they had those meetings, because they were able to adjust, and because they think through things in that way, I think it's a big reason they were able to do just enough in that game to score when it looked like they were out of answers. And to me, that's kind of the arc involved, and that's what I'm really looking for.
0: Greg Bishop, senior writer from SI here on the Rich Eisen Show. The name of his story is... uh... How the Rams got away, found one another, and then found a way. What was the biggest surprise to you, or who was the biggest surprise to you as you wrote this story?
3: You know, probably Vaughn Miller. You know, one of the things that I love about this story is that it's um, so circular in nature. You know, in in 2016, when the Broncos won, I rode on a golf cart with Vaughn. You know, throughout the stadium, as he did interviews, I ended up following him the whole next summer while he took over 70 flights and flew like 140,000 miles and competed with Dancing with the Stars. But you kind of move on, right? And move on into other stories, other orbits. And, you know, Vaughn bon and I didn't exactly stay in touch, but he remembered all of that. And what was really cool is he had been able to kind of trace where he was then to now. And so he told me that story about running into cliff kingsbury in the nightclub sean McVay's there they have a bunch of shots he says come get me he told me he would pull over on his way to games in denver when things were bad and have to throw up because he was so anxious he talked about meeting trevor moad you know an amazing mental coach who passed uh, last fall uh from brain cancer and how trevor changed his life uh introduced him to kobe bryant Kobe Bryant ends up, um, you know, obviously dying in the helicopter crash. Bond moves down the street from where the crash happened when he gets traded. He reunites with Odell Beckham Jr., who's one of his best friends. McVeigh remembers their conversation. It was it was just so poetic and how circular it was that it really kind of floored me. That not only had he grown, but he could see the aims of the story as they related to his life and having a kid and playing for Demarius Thomas and I just thought he really opened a vein the last couple of weeks, and I was really, really grateful for it.
0: Before we let you go, I was also struck by how you got inside Les Needs' mind, and especially him getting up early to go swim in the ocean and starting the day in that Seneca way, uh, the Roman philosopher. What was the? What's your lasting impression of Les and how he was so successful at putting this team together?
3: Yeah, I, I just loved everything about our interactions, and I always tell my colleagues we got to do everything we can, every interaction to get one paragraph. And so this year with less, that meant not only did we jog six miles up and down the beach, oh. you know, past Kristin's house, past Steven Spielberg's house, and the security guards out front, but we also uh, took a plunge in the Pacific Ocean. And it was cold, and it was fun, and it honestly felt a little bit rejuvenating. But to me, the plunge was less. It wasn't. Uh, willy-nilly it was planned it's something he's been doing you know every morning this year to sort of get in touch with his stoic roots and i just think that he is a deep deep thinker i think there's a danger sometimes in people who look at him and see a gambler who plays blackjack with pro football players and who doesn't have a real plan involved like like or hate the way that they operate i think less is very deliberate and i think it comes from being smart i think it comes from understanding that you know this is the way he wants to do it and i wrote about a meeting he had with Pete, with peter Thiel, the billionaire in which you know Thiel's uh, emphasis to him was that with one thing that makes him successful one tenant of his philosophy is what do i know that nobody else knows and i think lesney believes that draft picks particularly in higher rounds particularly because they are hit and miss are overvalued and to me what he's doing is taking calculated plunges and You know, to be able to spend time with him in the way that he um, allowed me to, I think, allows me to sort of see how all these parts of his life connect, whether it's books on stoicism, meeting with Ryan Holiday, or, um, you know, pulling a full Seneca and jumping into the ocean every morning. It's not like he has that part of his life and then the football part. To me, they are connected. They speak to a philosophy that's very clearly defined, and, you know, all you need at that point is time with him to sort of really draw the connections out and that's another one that I was really grateful for
0: even even the way you mentioned casually in his notebook he wrote who is this guy Cooper Cup you really Greg I can't tell you enough how much I enjoyed it you really take us there in the moment you really made us feel like you were along for the ride you really made us feel like we were intimately involved in this build-up and and I can't thank you enough it's just spectacular
3: You're far too kind, Susie. I need to have you be my new agent. So thank you very much (laughs) for the kind words. It means a lot.
0: I'm available, and there are many people who'd probably say I'm not too kind, so I'll take it with you. But how the Rams got away, found one another, and then found a way. Greg, just spectacularly written. Thanks again for your time.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I I absolutely love this, guys. If you can't tell, if I'm not effusive (laughs) enough, just a spectacular piece of journalism. So if you haven't read it, take a look. But... Take my word for it. It's worth the time.
1: Shout out to Syracuse. Greg and I were the same year accused. Were you really? Yeah. All
0: right. Big ass grab bag. TJ's big ass grab bag. When we come back, this is the Rich Eisen show.
4: Let's talk O'Reilly auto parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly auto parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road.
0: Susie Schuster here on the Rich Eisen Show, filling in for Rich Eisen. Thanks for all of you who are calling in and checking in with us. We totally appreciate it. Mike Del Tufo is here with me. Chris Brockman is here with me. And T.J. Jefferson, who now has on the coolest shades I've ever seen for T.J.'s big-ass grab bag. What do you have for me?
2: Oh, Mikey D. There's that music. All right, Susie. This is the first time uh, you're here for the grab bag, correct?
0: I am so excited to be here all right. for
2: all of it. Well, Like we do at this time. Kaboom! <laughs> Guess who stepped in the room? TJ here. Listen, I'm going to make this really quick. Um... Football's over, guys.
1: Oh, man. We're going to wake Come up on. Sunday,
2: and we're not going to have football. That I can of, sleep in. I'm fine. Del Tuvo can sleep in. Rich can sleep in. That means more I'm time good. at home with <laughs> you for Rich, Susie. So I don't know how you're going to feel about not having football anymore, but I mean,
0: maybe you'll like it? We have Little <laughs> at 8 a.m. on Sundays. <laughs> Bye-bye, honey. Out the door. See ya. All
2: right. So uh, I decided to uh, dedicate this grab bag. I'm going to make it really quick to... Um, Looking ahead to next football season So I've dug into the big ass grab bag And I'm going to give you TJ's top 5 Random way too early thoughts About the 2022 I NFL love season I love this. I knew you'd dig that Brockman Alright coming game. in at you number 5 it. The big thing about football Because we all love it, we all play it Is fantasy football right Every year you want to be the one who gets That breakout star You know two years ago it was Derrick Henry This year it was Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor By the way I drafted Cooper Cup. I knew what the time it was. You traded Cooper Cup. You shut your mouth and don't interrupt me, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's not the point. The point is, I I knew that Cooper Cup was going to be special, and I drafted him. And then, yes, I did trade him, but that's because my team stunk. But anyway, number five, the Knicks Fantasy Breakout star. Who's it going to be next year, Chris? It's probably going to be a running back. Might be a rookie. Uh, I don't know, man. I think Cooper Cup could be Fantasy MVP again next year. I don't see that train stopping. But like I said, it's way too early to be worrying about this. I don't I, even I know why I am. I love
1: both those guys for next year. Yeah. Still. Get, get up still, on them uh, if you can. Derrick Henry's going to be back next year at full strength, so don't sleep on him either. Yeah,
2: fantasy's going to be fun. You it's know who's going to
1: be, be overdrafted is Jamar Chase. is going to go in the first round next year, I think.
2: I would think not but you eh.
1: 1500 yards and no ten plus touchdowns. That's,
2: that's temptation as they say alright coming in at number 4 I don't even know why I'm thinking about this but I've been thinking about it because I'm a Josh Allen fan right and I sit there and I look at the Bills and I'm sure Mikey Hoskins is going to appreciate this I look at the Bills and I wonder if they had a serious running game how far could this team have gone so I wonder where the Buffalo Bills improved that running game you know Devin Singletary led the league I'm sorry the league of the team and rushing with 800 70-some yards, but Josh Allen had almost 800, plus he led the team with nine touchdowns, Chris. I don't know that you want Josh Allen doing all that running next year for the Bills. I feel if they get a solid running game and they don't have to rely on their quarterback to carry the ball as much, I think the Bills they might pull up Bengals next year and they could be in that Super Bowl. Yeah, I
1: think uh, it's a great point. Uh, They definitely need to improve the run game and there's also a reason why the Bills are tied with the Chiefs for the best Super Bowl odds for next year. People really believe in them because they believe in what they see in Josh Allen, who... Get your MVP bets in now. Uh, Josh Allen's going to be a monster next year.
2: No doubt, no doubt. All right, now coming in at number three. Again, it's way too early for me to be worrying about this, but I'm going to.
0: I love this because this is ridiculous. Keep going. Kyler
2: Murray, right? You know, right off the bat when the Instagram got, you know, wiped out, you love this type of stuff. I love it. Me, I'm like, who cares? Maybe he's just cleaning up his IG, but looks like I was wrong. Maybe he's not just cleaning up his IG, right? But that kind of got me to thinking. Kyler Murray has a little bit of, I don't know, I'd say he has a plan B, right? That plan B involves a bat.
1: <laughs> so I
2: wonder, will Colin Murray pick up a baseball bat? Let's just say this whole baseball thing gets set- settled and we're gonna have baseball next year. And Kyler's this upset with the Cardinals? What, he has an option, right? He could go pick up a baseball bat, he could go play baseball. But if he doesn't do that, Chris, the other thing I'm thinking, can the Cardinals make it three for three in terms of home teams going to and winning the Super Bowl? Because next year's Super Bowl in Arizona, will the Cardinals step up? Will they jump in line with the Bucks and the Rams and host that Super Bowl? All right, so we're going to find n- out. Your number five so is the about the red sweater Is
1: Plan B? Nice. Thanks, Ken Bone. Uh, You talked about fantasy for number five. I went all in on the Kyler Arizona Cardinals this year in fantasy. I had Kyler as my quarterback. I had DeAndre Hopkins. And guess what? My team was awesome for the first half of the season (laughs) and absolutely stunk in the second half of the season. So until they can get that figured out Mm -hmm. and – Come up with a plan on how to close season strong, then I think no on the three for three. And Kyler, not baseball, but might be on a different NFL team.
2: Ah, interesting. Like I said, too early, but. We're thinking about it. All right, coming in number two, Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL. I'm not sure what to expect out of this. I don't know if anything's going to happen. I got to be honest. I don't really have high hopes for things changing. But man, at some point, something's got to give. Something's got to change. I'm going to be paying attention to this because I want to see what happens. Is Brian going to get another gig in the NFL? That's what I'm hoping. My heart tells me it's going to be tough, um, and I hope okay. I'm wrong. I really I pray I'm wrong, but I'm going to be looking out and seeing if anything comes from his lawsuit against the NFL. And coming at number one, of course, I had to make the Cowboys part of this, right? It's <laughs> what we do here in Cowboys country and Cowboys corner. As you can see, I moved the candle. Cowboys versus everybody. So my the, the number one thing I'm worried about, believe it or not, Micah Parsons, right? I'm seeing Aaron Donald and I'm seeing all the press Aaron Donald's getting and I'm seeing Von Miller and I'm seeing what a great, like a truly great generational defender can do and I'm wondering, is Micah Parsons up next? The guy didn't play football until last year. He sat a whole year out and he came out defensive rookie of the year. He dominated I believe this is the type of kid who wants to be great. He wants to be a legend. Micah Parsons, I feel, is going to put in the effort. He's going to put in the work. I feel he can be the next great, and I'm talking not good, great defender. And I'm looking forward to seeing his progress. And those are TJ's top five way too early random thoughts about NFL season. As always, looking forward to everyone else's. I love that. That is
0: a spectacular segment. I love that. Oh, well, thank And you the too. music and the candle and the whole vibe. I like the can can I relax. be honest with you,
2: Susie? Can I be honest with you about something? Normally, at this point, your husband will sit there and try to crap on the segment because either he doesn't get what I'm talking about or he doesn't understand it. So every segment's left with a bad taste. You gave me props and liked it. I appreciate you. Come more.
0: You're very cool, TJ.
2: Thank you, sis.